This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day, and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 68, recorded on the 9th of April, 2014. Today's topic is preparing your senior summer camp staff. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes or the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support our show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you can show your support for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too. It's just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com slash camphacker. And by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello, camp pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a blog about running a great summer camp at camphacker.tv. And my name is Gabrielle, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro. Uh, camp Oro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentians in Quebec, um, and I'm speaking uh, with you from Montreal. My name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce Williams Christian Center, a United Church of Canada summer camp and retreat facility located in Fingal, Ontario, which is a sort of halfway between Detroit and Toronto. And I'm Paul Sheridan, and I'm the director of Four Winds Westward Ho. We're a traditional co-ed residential camp on Orcas Island in Washington State. Paul, welcome back. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's awesome. And Paul, you've spent a lot of the year on the road, and uh, so it's the first chance we've had to get you on. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's nice, it's nice to uh, to only be traveling a little bit. <laughs> Sounds like you had the trip of a lifetime in the fall. Yeah, we did. We, uh, my wife and I uh, spent two months in Southern Africa uh, and uh, traveled around and we volunteered for 12 days at Phil Lilienthal's camp uh, yeah. outside Johannesburg. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a trip of a lifetime. It's, uh, it, it's, it, uh, I don't think I could do it every single year yep. and also run a summer camp, um, but uh, I'm really happy to have had the opportunity. It was, uh, it was pretty amazing. That's great. That's great. Well, I'm excited to have everybody back here. Uh, there's a couple things that I wanted to go to just before we jump into our topic. I'm so grateful to some people who have left reviews on iTunes. I was talking to David Gill, who is a, a former co-host and someone we hope to have back on again. And I noticed, Joe, that you left a review. So I thank you very much for that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, that uh, That's very helpful to us. And, and so if you feel like you've got anything from our co-host, learned anything, if you go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes, you can leave us a rating and review there. And it does really help us show up and search. So we'd be grateful if you could take the time to do that. Um, I'm going to come back around to something we mentioned in the last podcast, which is Think Camp. And uh, it's a passion project of Joe's that Gab and I have been involved in in some small way in the past. Uh, so Joe, I'll give you a chance to talk about that later, but I do want to dive right into our topic today. We're recording this at the beginning of April, and um, 
people I know just from watching the Camp Rose Facebook group and some of the stuff on Twitter, people are getting really focused on summer now. And uh, so I wanted to address head on some of these things that are important to being great camp directors during the summer. So today we're going to talk about how you prepare your summer leadership staff, your senior staff that are summer only, how you prepare them for their job, because it's much different than being a counselor. Um, although for some camps, I acknowledge that some people will do both counsel and do some of these programmer leadership roles uh, at the same time. It's mixed it all in with it. But I wanted us to, uh, to really talk about how we can get that group of people prepared, confident, ready to go for what will be a big summer in 2014. So, uh, Joe, I wanted to start with you. You have um, you've a, a great bunch of people and a lot of returning staff. What do you do to prepare people for a new role, a little bit more responsibility, and an understanding of what it's going to be like this summer? I think this is a topic that I've thought about quite a bit. Um, and, and it's one of those things where you want to make sure that you set them up for success. And so... When you have people who are new to uh, to that specific role, you hope that they've gained the experience that they need to learn most of the tasks beforehand. For us, it comes down to clear expectations because preparing staff is, is, is getting them ready to know what we're going to expect of them. And part of that is through the mentoring programs and, and having other staff talk to them and and whatnot, but it's a lot of it is is um, is talking with those staff and having those staff talk with other staff members who've done the job. We have the final report system, which is something I implemented from um, when I was at the Taylor Staten camp. So you could go back, um, you can go back here, and you can read the final reports for any leadership team position. Um, all the way back to the to the summer of 2006, right? So you can, and some some are better than others. So it's not like I let them read all of them. Um, we choose, we pick and choose which ones we like the most. And and the final report is really something where at the end of the summer, the leadership team member will write up their experience, their successes, their challenges, their failures, things they would do differently, and then they write a letter to the next person to do the job, which they might know or they might not know. And that, um, that final report can go a long way towards being sort of a how-to manual. And when you add two or three of them together, it becomes the almost like a tips and tricks manual of, oh, this is, this is what we can do. Um, and so it's really preparing staff that way. There's, a, there's another thought that I had, um, and I forget what culture it was, and I forget what podcast I was listening to that had on it, but it was this concept that if, if you can't do the job, you know, if you need to be trained specifically on how to do the job, then why are you doing the job? Meaning that in our culture, sometimes we move people to certain positions without them having experience to fill those positions. Whereas in, in different cultures, the only way that you're going to become um, someone who's in charge of a particular program or in charge of a particular job is that you've had the training to lead up to that year after year after year. So it's not something where you can bring someone new in, but it's something where um, through all of their experiences at camp, they then can they can then take that on because they know the, the basis and they know all of, and they have very few things that they have to learn specifically that they don't know how to do. Right. And, and at camp, it's one of those, at Pierce Williams, it's one of those things where we really hope that our staff, you know, we have fear as, as, 
you had said, Travis, we we are one of those camps that have very few divisions and very few jobs. And so if you're a counselor here, you could also be a programmer. That's just the way it works. And, and depending on the week to week, what we need, um, the leadership team is the only step above that. And the leadership team really is um, are the positions that will supervise other staff and will take care of those, you know, the specifically program director and, and a CIT coordinator and um our rainbow program coordinator and our camper counselor care coordinator, a lot of coordinators and our wilderness mm-hmm. coordinator. Mm-hmm. We coordinate a lot at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those positions will really only hire internal in my time here. Um, well, let's say since the summer of 2006, I don't think I've hired externally for any of those positions um, because you want to, um, you want a consistency factor as you move forward. And, uh, and we just, we're lucky enough to have the staff to, to provide that consistency. So preparing those people now is, is talking, communicating with them, but, but they, and, and making sure they have clear expectations as well. So, um, I think that's, you know, that's the majority of what we do. Right. And I want to pick up on one of the things that you said, which is um, uh, about not moving someone into the position. I'm not sure exactly how you worded it, but what I took from it is not moving someone into the position because it's um, because they need to move up instead of. So the the best counselor in the world may not be a great arts and crafts director um, or may not move into a supervisory position very well. They may be. Um, because they're a great counselor. Instead, you want someone who's got training and experience in being a supervisor to become the supervisor. And I suppose what you're saying, Joe, is that you train those people along the way so that they can naturally move up, but you're not assuming that just because you counseled two years, you automatically become into a senior position. That's correct. And and our pay scale, this is one of the years ago, I learned from someone that our pay scale isn't set up to reward you being in a, in a higher position. Our pay scale is set up to reward you returning to camp. Right. So you can be a fourth year counselor and make the same as someone who is a fourth year staff member yet on the leadership team. And, and people might say, well, but don't they have more responsibility? Well, sure they do. But but they all accept this. It's not like a, it, for us, it's not a hidden thing. We don't hide what we pay people. We, we have a scale that is very matchable. And, and we actually, um, Jessica, my summer camp director and I went through this conversation and with a staff member this year, someone who the question was, okay, well, do we bring them back to, to be a counselor, you know, or is there another role they can play or where are they? It, it becomes in the puzzle piece, right? Where are they the best fit? And, um, and if if they want to be a, a you know a fifth year counselor, but they're the most amazing counselor with their kids, then then so be it. That's awesome. Right on. Cool. So, Paul, for you at, at Four Winds, um, getting them ready at this time of the year, what does it look like there? Well, um, we I would say most of our work is done either before or after this time of year right uh, you know, the, the, in terms of what happens on april 9th yeah. uh, not much uh, uh there is a little bit that um that we do this time of year um a couple of weeks ago uh so our, our leadership team what we call them is the heads team uh there's 12 of them uh and uh, as a group they have a massive amount of influence on what the summer looks like uh but um individually they have 
very, very different jobs. Uh, there's two of them, which we call the head of boys and head of girls, which is sort of a, a head counselor type position. Uh, and uh, they have a job that is unlike any other summer staff member for us. I mean, they're, they're, what they do is closer to what uh, my assistant director and I do than it is to what an average summer staff member does. Uh, and there's a, um, they're a, just a very key part. The, that, that group of four, uh, we meet every day. There's a lot of trust there. We're the folks that are hashing stuff out uh, behind the scenes in order to make the best choices uh, in the broader camp community. Uh, and so there's a lot of culture shock for them. Uh, you know, they don't, what they've seen growing up, uh, as count, as campers and counselors, mm -hmm. uh, the, the exterior of what the head of boys and girls are to camp yeah. is not the truth of their daily life yes. <laughs> in, 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 in any sort of way. And so, um, we, uh, one thing we do with that, with those two is we have a, a little retreat in the spring, uh, and we fly them to camp from wherever they are. Um, we have flown folks from England to the West Coast of the U.S. You know, for, for that three-day retreat. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're willing to make that investment uh, to spend uh, three days with, with the four of us in the spring before things get crazy um, and start building those expectations and building the relationship uh, as well uh, because, because a lot of the things that the four of us talk about uh, can't be talked about in the broader community. There's a lot of things that you know, we need to be able to hash out behind closed doors. And um, so that means that those two form, you know, summer staff that are used to being able to rely on other summer staff for their emotional support mm. can no longer rely on, on, on summer staff for a lot of their emotional support. They need to rely on, on myself and our assistant director for a lot of things. I mean, yeah. there are things um, that they can rely on uh, other summer staff for. Uh, so, so we do that um, is one thing that we do this time of year. And the other thing we do is, is just communicate with them. There's a lot of little, you know, honestly, mostly relationship building emails that go out, um, but also expectation stuff, uh, you know, stuff about um, uh, we're, um, we're not shy. We, we make a lot of calls about social networking mistakes yeah. uh, in summer <laughs> staff, and we, we make them uh, more quickly when it's uh, ahead. Um, uh, and, uh, and so we make a lot of those calls. And those are not... It's funny, I think I talk to camps that don't make those calls, and I think they're sort of terrified of picking a fight mm. um, with, their, uh, with their summer staff. But we've actually managed to set it up so those calls are, are honestly end up being relationship-building calls, not uh, relationship-damaging calls. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're not, um, you know, somebody makes a, a relatively minor mistake on Facebook, we don't that person isn't, you know, the job offer isn't pulled. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's an opportunity to connect with them and say, Hey, you know, this is what we were talking about when we talked about this back last year, when we, when you signed your paperwork. Um, and, uh, and normally they the summer, the summer staff are really responsive to it. And that ends up being a real positive thing. Um, so that's what, those are the things that we do this time of year, but most of the work is done the previous summer, the interview yeah. and then yeah. in heads training in a, in a couple of months is where the, the real bulk of the work is done. When's heads training? For us, uh, they arrive, let's see, uh, returning staff, uh, returning counselors arrive on June 12th and uh, the heads arrive on June 8th. So right. we've got four days with them uh, before the counselors arrive. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. And Gab, what's it like for you? 
Um, I think I think it, we're all sort of in the in the similar yeah, uh, okay. tone. I mean, you, you hire the right people. You hope that they're you know that you've set them up right. Um, it, hopefully, they're from your organization. Sometimes you do have to go on the outside, but you put in um, procedures throughout your camp so that uh, mentorship happens and they learn a little bit how to supervise staff. Uh, in their current jobs, either by supervising CITs or, you know, assisting uh, newer staff that come to camp. Um, I think basically uh, I'm so grateful uh, for having Skype. I think mm. it's just made such a difference. Uh, before things really, ha I remember actually doing writing letters to leadership team members and them writing back and doing a pen pal system thing yeah. and phone calls. And uh, now we set up um, regular Skype sessions, and depending if they're a returning leadership team member or a new returning uh, or a new uh, leadership team member, those Skypes um, are a little bit different. But uh, looking, but returning ones usually work on a project for camp that they're passionate about. Um, it could be behind the scenes, or it could be something that everybody you know a new program that people will partake in. And new leadership team members really focus on. Uh, understanding what they're looking for in their staff, how to train their staff, to start really thinking as as a coach, if you will. So uh, really use Skype uh, in those instances. And then um, we also really, really want to make sure that um, this particular group gets educated um, from people that are other than our organization. So either we bring them to conferences or we bring people in um, I find that very, very important. And usually, you know, for the most part, not not planned, but for the most part um, at conferences or the people that we bring in mirror a lot what I say. Right. And that just reinforces it. And so having outside education to to spark those, you know, those thoughts, I think, and actions are, are very, very useful. Right. Right. And... And that's an interesting thing too. In it's not very timely for this point, but something we should come back to in the fall um, is I think we could go back to the discussing um, camp conferences again, and and how you set expectations with your staff at camp conferences, and and um, when you go, I think when you're younger and you go to your first camp conference, you tend to seek out the people that you know, and you end up with clumps of your staff in the same sessions, and you have to say to them spread out go we need as much word as possible we need you to be able to teach this to us um and get that so remind me at some point we'll come back to how to get the most out of camp conferences again because i think that's an yeah. awesome idea totally. and i think also for um i think also for people that here you know i send my staff off to conferences or we hire people to come in and for for a camp that's on a tight budget um you know what i've done in the past is go and speak for a camp at, and ask what that camp director wants me to talk about and I do a session with them and then they come to my camp and we do the same thing or we merge yeah. our, our leadership team members together and, and do something together so you know there's ways of doing that uh, at a low cost where you don't you know you don't need to it's nice when everybody can go to a conference but sometimes times time and financial uh, there's restrictions to that but you know there's other ways to, to get that outside influence right right I want to come back to something, and I, I'm sorry, Gab, I'm just going to jump back to Paul because it's something that he said that I'm still um, surfacing in my brain here. You're talking about your calls about social media gaffes, Paul. At what point in the year 
is that for people that are under like that have signed a contract already or is that for some of your last year's alumni who may or may not be coming back as well uh we will make a call at any time mm. honestly if we think the person might be coming back yeah uh and, and if the person's not coming back we sort of recognize that and, and it's it's a little bit of a bummer because yeah. even if they're not coming back they are still an influence on our campers yeah. uh and uh, and so we'll make the call, and so, you know, if it's egregious, we might make the call even if we know for a fact they're not coming back, and just yeah. say, "Hey, we have no leverage over you. We get that, but we're going to ask you to take this down uh, because, uh, and just make the case uh, yeah. that uh, that you have an influence on our campers. And if, um, and they know that if they say no, they're kind of if they refuse that they're yeah. they're, you know, they're, out. they're they're burning the bridge a little bit, and yeah. they're potentially you know. Uh, um, uh, damaging a reference that they might have and, and things like that. So uh, we'll make the call anytime. I think, you know, if it's times we have made the call when we think someone's coming back, but they haven't actually signed the contract yet where we, it depends on what the actual post is. Mm-hmm. We, we've, we've pulled out the, Hey, if you're not coming back, this isn't our business. If it's, if it's not too egregious, uh, we sort of make a judgment call, but we don't, we don't tie ourselves to people yeah. that have signed contracts for the, for the coming summer at all. Cool. Thanks for explaining that. I'm sorry for the listeners. It's a bit of a detour, but I thought it was a really interesting point. I know that we have called um, in my last years uh, directing is when um, just because of who I am, I was always the first one on on all social media for all of our staff. Um, so um, I was one of the first person they'd see, so they would add me. But I know that I made a call to an alumni who was three years gone, who is obviously just partying his face off with the camp shirt on 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 the internet and we ask them to take it down. And I think you're right. You can play the, um, you know, this is going to damage reputation of camp, but also your relationship with us in the future. That's interesting. We've also pulled out the, uh, when, it, when it's camp people that are together, mm. uh, in a photo or in a post, mm. then we can pull out that, you know, you're, uh, damaging, you know, John's ability to be a right. leader this summer, even though you're not going to be here. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, um, uh, so we would pull that out too. And honestly, cause I was afraid too, when we first started making these phone calls mm-hmm. you know, that, that, um, we're just picking fights all winter long with our summer staff and it's going to, it's going to damage the culture. It's going to damage our relationship with them. And, uh, we make, mm-hmm. I would guess on average, a couple calls a month to folks uh, about, about stuff. And they're almost always positive. And if they're yeah. not positive, then they lead us in the right direction on another, on another front, honestly. So it, it, it's, been a, it's been a good thing for us. How big is your staff, Paul? 90. 90. Um, so thank you for, for helping me through that, Paul. That's awesome. Um, I want to go to Joe. So something Paul said and Gab said, or I, I know from talking to Gab outside of this, is about uh, a pre-training for those senior kind of people, um, the leadership team in Gab's case and and the head staff in Paul's. For you, Joe, do you bring in any of those senior people early to get them up to speed? Yeah, the majority of our leadership team actually starts working with us beginning of May. So they're employed for two months before the summer staff get here. Mm -hmm. And so we have uh, maintenance that has to be done and we have school programming that is done. But in those, in the other times we do a lot of, 
you know, night trainings and, and talking and, and communicating with them during those times. So it's not a dedicated, um, it, it, they're here and they're learning the things they need to learn, but we don't need to fly them in, um, because they're already employed here. Right. So they are living on site and they're working on site. Um, and so we have them for about three weeks before we see our staff for a staff training weekend because most of our staff are local. So we actually do a weekend in May where we see our staff members and then, um, and then we go forward from there in June is a lot of school groups. And at the end of June is when our, our, the rest of our staff arrive as well. Mm-hmm. So what sort of stuff do you cover in those little times that you can find in the spring? It's a lot about how to supervise. It's a lot of questions that they have, right? So if they're, um, they're reading, they've already read through some of the final reports and, and whatnot. And, and a lot of the stuff we cover is, okay, well, this is, this is our policy on this for, for example, stuff that summer staff wouldn't have to do. So driving camp vehicles or, Mm. um, how to deal with, um, how to deal with, uh, feedback and how to, how we deal with firing staff and, and, um, how we mentor staff and how we, um, supervise and write evaluations. All of those are things that are gone over um, and signed off on. Right. Yeah. So, Gab, what what all do you do in your your time period right before the the counselors arrive with them? Um, so our staff, our leadership team, are, they're together for approximately ten days, and within that ten days, we host our open house. Um, it's in their contract that they need to be there for our camp open house. And it's a very good way of them getting to meet the families that will be coming that summer or perhaps next summer. And it gets them into that mindset that, you know, camp is actually happening. And, uh, I think that sometimes, you know, we all come from different paces in our lives. Some we're traveling, some, you know, we're, you know, at home hanging out for a while. Uh, someone had spring courses. So, everybody's mindset's a little bit different. You sort of want to get them all in the same mindset and a little bit of time spent together is very helpful, but some, some form of, of work, uh, as, um, as Joe said, um, you know, manual labor, something that sort of gets them committed to, um, doing something for camp that physically that you can see is re- I think very, very important. And, uh, we address the policies and procedures of, of their jobs basically, as well as, um, get them to get to know each other. So, you know, what do I need when I'm struggling from you guys? Uh, what can I do to help you when you're struggling? Um, how do we deal with, you know, X situations as a team? Um, you know, how do we keep a, you know, a, a, a similar front, you know? So, so it's sort of, it's really about, I think, coming together, building a strong team, having a focus and, and making sure that they clearly understand their job and that, they're building their relationship with you because if they're coming into this position, it's a different relationship. Um, and this is where I try to be, uh, I'm transparent, pretty transparent with my staff, but with my leadership team, I'm, I'm even more transparent about um, my own difficulties and uh, what I struggle with sometimes so, so that they know because we work together so, so often. So, um, uh, you know, those type of things. But basically really building the team and understanding what their job is about is is key. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything that you do differently for Winds Paul in your training time with the heads? Uh, no, it's similar stuff. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it's about, 
uh, there, there's a portion of the time that's dedicated to the nitty-gritty of whatever their job mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. the some crafts or the you know CT program or whatever it is. Uh, and then there, there's a, a, a bigger portion, probably a more important portion, that's dedicated to team building, setting the tone. Um, and, I, and I think on all the things that, that Gab talked about, I think the only thing that I would just add on to it is, is that I think it's a phenomenon in summer camp <laughs> that summer, summer staff just don't understand how their influence that when, when, when and summer staff screw right. up, it's not because they disagree with the rule or it's, it's not because they, in, in, in most cases, of course, sometimes they might disagree with the rule, but I think in most cases, if they are, for example, if you have, you know, we have a rule that says, uh, you can't as a, as a staff member, you have to keep your cell phone in the staff lounge or in your vehicle and you can use it in the staff lounge or you can use it off the property in your time off. Uh, and if, a staff member decides to carry that staff, their cell phone around in their backpack instead, uh, whether it's a counselor or whether it's a head. Uh, it's not because they think that cell phones should be allowed everywhere in camp. It's just because they, 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 they think, you know what, it's not going to be a big deal. No one's going to know. I'm not going to damage camp by doing this. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think that people just don't feel that important. You know, like people right. don't feel like that, that, that other people are going to follow what they do. And, uh, and uh, of course, camp directors know that kids absolutely follow what campers do, or what, what counselors do, uh, and that counselors absolutely follow what heads or Older counselors do, yeah. You know, and, 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 like, that's absolutely what makes camp go. And, and, and so trying to... Uh, we found, and I think every every camp's a little different depending on the on on the numbers and the structure. But with, with us, the way we're set up, we found that we can do amazing things with our culture if our heads team is on board, uh, and truly, truly on board. And and the uh, but in order to get there, the heads team needs to understand how powerful they are uh, in terms of of setting that tone and how much people will follow their lead. Uh, and uh, and so we we spend a lot of time trying to. To make that point uh, and to um, and to carry that over from because we usually have some previous some returning mm-hmm. heads that can help us uh, to you know, bring the new heads in to that idea because it um, we try to get that idea across to all ninety of our staff but twelve is a, a more manageable number and uh, and if we can make it make the point with that twelve then we can get a really long way yeah yeah, yeah. and. I like I like what Joe was saying that it's not nece- you don't necessarily earn a larger salary by the position that you have at camp. Um, so you could be a camp counselor for five years if that's something that you're stellar stellar at and that you really excel and enjoy. Um, I think though, as a as the director, the responsibility is to really be um, clear with the staff that return year after year and say, you know. As a 17-year-old, this is what I expect from you. As a 19-year-old, maybe in the same position, doesn't matter, but these are my expectations. And um, that's something that I do uh, with my staff when they come back that, you know, this is what I expect from you. This is unacceptable. This is, I don't mind a 17-year-old forgetting her hat, you know, bringing her kids up, having to go back. These are things that, you know, this is part of the you know, we're, I'm learning on the job at 17. At 18, 19, I'm, this is, that's not acceptable anymore. That you have to be able to, to have, you know, locked down basically. And I think if you do that with your staff, by the time they become leadership team members, they really understand um, that 
you know, the impact that they have, that their role is something that is of role modeling to the other staff members. And hopefully even an 18-year-old understands the difference between what it was like for them when they were 17 versus what, it was, what it's like for them now, you know, if you set that into your system. This is what I expect from you. So mistakes are very cool because you're learning something new, um, but also the bar goes up every single year that you come back. And it's for their own it's like for their own growth too. You don't want people to stay stagnant. Stagnant staff don't do well. It's just they just don't. They have to keep growing as individuals. In part, to add on to that, Gab is this idea that that pay structure. It's it's it, Twingo. Years ago, I talked to Jane um, Jane McCann, and right their their philosophy was: you need to come back before I tell you what you're going to do. Yeah. Right. So, are you? Are you willing to come back to camp and then let me choose what position to put you in? Right. And salary works much the same way. And 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 as they get older, you do have debates about their worth, right? Because with a, a fifth or a six-year salary, I could fund almost two first-year salaries, right? So it becomes yep. this, are you worth – it's like a sports team analogy, right? It's, there's a salary cap. Are you worth two of these people? And and those are debates that you can have and, and, um, and you're – your previous experience is going to weigh heavy on that. And, and I think that with sort of, if we're going with the sports analogy, um, my brother's really into sports, so I know way more than I care to know about <laughs> sports, actually. I'm like, how do I know this? Um, <laughs> but I do. Uh, but it, I think that as you know, coaches know how far they can push their players, and they know what their players are capable of. And I think that is, that's, that's the key of a good director. You know, you know what that person can be, but you have to help them, um, and you can't overwhelm them and put too much on their plate. But you can sort of guide them in that in that direction, and then of course it's up to them to, you know, take those steps. Um, but you know that, that what Twingo does is something that's very is very cool in the sense of of that they're also showing quite a bit of of trust in the organization itself. Right. Um, so I'll let you let you all think and see if there's um, any other thoughts you want to add. I'm going to add one more thing that thinking about this question of how we get senior staff ready. Um, <clears throat> if you've listened to the show for any time, you know that I always have more ideas than time. Um, one of the things that I've always wanted to figure out a way to do, and I just don't know the mechanics of it, and I don't know that it would be easy to do, but I would love to figure out a way to have like an association of program directors or an association of formal leadership directors that you could have, um, you know, pick the brains either within your organization or hopefully without all of the people that have been a program director at a camp belong to this association. And um, they have some sort of meeting hosted online, something, I don't know what it is, but that new program directors can say, I'm terrified of this. How do I plan for doing something with 400 people? How do I pull that off successfully? Or I have this little twinkle of an idea and how, you know, can you give me some ideas of, of how to, to get that going? I always thought something like that would be interesting, certainly within a camp, um, to get all of the former LAT directors together and, and have them um, be available to this year's LAT director. And formally informally i don't know what it is but it's one of those ideas that i thought would be an awesome way to prepare these kind of people for this role um is is to have 
not just the the words of them, like the reports. I know lots of camps do reports like Joe's talked about, and I think they're a huge resource, um, but have, you know, have the brains available to, to you as well as in your, in your role. That'd be fun. So Joe, do you have any, any other final thoughts on preparing them or, or getting them ready? I think a, a lot of my thoughts lie on the expectations and this is where, like, I have never – it's funny listening to, <laughs> to Paul talk. I've, I've never called anyone on social media. Um, and I, it, it's the clear expectations. And, and when you build something unique about our culture, I, or maybe not unique, is this idea that a lot of it is self-policed, right? They, they, they know – they know what we expect and they know what to live up to. And, and for us, the, the, and to most of our staff, the worst possible thing that could happen to them is that, is that we are disappointed in them and that, you know, they've let us down. And when you do that, anybody who applies for those jobs is going to know that, you know, I have the skills to take this on and I'm willing to take those risks, but we, we just really want to be, as unapproachable as I am to my junior staff members, I think when they become leadership team members, they they see that it it's not being me being unapproachable. It's that they just never thought to approach me, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and that is one of the tricks to to training them as well is teaching them that um, they can ask for help at any time without any repercussion. Because if you don't ask, we'll we'll never be able to share our experience with you. Well, and I agree with that, Joe. I wonder, though, um, if you have a unique advantage, um, and I don't think you're saying that the culture of Four Winds is better or worse than the one at Pierce Williams, but you have a unique advantage in that you're very geographically close and and in a small team, so it's easier to keep track of these kind of things without, um, or, I don't know, just self-police, as you say than for Winstaff. Well, and it's, it's one of those things, Travis, where we actually think about the fact that if camp grows, mm -hmm. um, because the stuff we're doing is going to make camp grow and, and, and what is our sort of, you know, there's a number of beds on the, on any facility site that would sort of dictate, this is your maximum number of campers. And so mm -hmm. for us, if we were running full beds and full systems, which is not always our goal, and that's a, a secondary monetary thing because we're a charity, um, if we were to run, we could we could see 180 kids per session, which would then mean my staff team would probably grow to 60 to 65 people, if not a bit more. And so, how does your how does your culture change with that growth? Is the other issue, right? And and I agree, having the majority of our staff be local, local. Um, by that I mean within an hour's drive of of camp is very helpful and. And because it's so small, you know, 35 or fewer, they're all friends with each other on social media and they all know our expectations. I never – it's funny. I have a fourth-year staff member who I just took to Buckeye Leadership Workshop for the second time um, and she just sent me a friend request today mm -hmm. on Facebook because I, I, don't, I don't pay attention to who my friends are on Facebook. But, you know – it's one of those things where I'll let them come to me. I know that enough of our other staff are friends with her that I'll know about anything if it, or not me personally, but potentially it would get, get up to Jessica that she would know. And then I'll know. 
and and we deal with those issues as they arise. But I think I think there are unique advantages to our setup, which is very local, very um, close and and small. Right. Uh, Paul, any final of wisdom to pass on? No, I mean, I think uh, I think we, we've we've covered it, uh, you know, in in, um, in in most of the conversations. The only thing I would say is that you know, for those for those folks listening you know, who might have said something in Camp Rose and said, "This is the time when I can set the tone with my um, with my leadership team," I think that you know one of the takeaways here is that a lot of that work should be done in the previous summer. So the, the, the bad news is you might have missed last summer, but the good news is, is next summer is coming up right now. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and cultivating your team, making sure you've got enough candidates, you know, for, for all the leadership jobs that you've got, um, making sure that you're uh, avoiding the phenomenon of people just moving up just to move up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, um, uh, where you're, you're, you're growing your own and, and setting the tone early, um, uh, you know, I think that that, 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 that's definitely the biggest thing that we do. And then the hiring process, um, we, you know, we say no to people, which is sometimes right. painful, but, yep. um, uh, but, but important. And then, um, and then, and then the, the training prior to camp is, is, the, is sort of your last real opportunity to, to set the tone, to influence uh, but it's a good one because you've mm-hmm. got them, you've got them there on your property. Uh, and you know, so that's, uh, more than we get in the winter usually. Right. And I wonder if it's an important realization uh, at when we're recording this at the beginning of April um, that, in fact, you are solidifying the tone for 2014 this coming summer. But now is when you set the tone for 2015, because now is when you start to build your team for next year um, and, you know, build their expectations and start to, to open their minds to the possibilities of, of, of the job and all the, the responsibilities that come with it. Absolutely. Gab, any final thoughts? No, I I think that that Travis, what you said is basically, I think is key, is to to understand that what you're doing this summer is going to trickle to your next summers. And if you're discouraged by certain staff behavior that seems to happen year after year, that it's within your power to change it, but it might not be right now. But what are some of the things you can do right now so it starts to eliminate it? I think one of the an example I could use is basically uh, there was a camp that had um, that that was really noticed that they didn't have lifeguards mm-hmm. and they kept hiring from the outside and but they weren't the right people for their organization and so they put in first year they put in a you know a swimming program for kids and then I think on their second year they made it mandatory unless you had a certain level and it was a, it was basically a seven year plan and right. in their CIT program you had to have your bronze med. Um, but those kids had been doing their swimming classes and this was something that they, now all of these staff members have their lifeguard, they, they pay for their life and it's not a problem anymore. So I think it's sort of, you can do that similarly with, with behavior. And I think the reason why I'm saying that is a little bit about what Paul was saying, a little bit afraid to talk to your staff, a little bit, a little bit of fear. When you feel that fear, when you feel anxious, when you want to avoid, that's the place you need to be looking and that's something you can do with your leadership team right now. What are certain things that we could do better? And sort of look at that and, and see if it's something that you can fix right away or is it something that needs a little bit more of a, a long-term uh, phasing in. Right. Right. 
Thanks for that. Um, and I should say um, that if you, if this topic is something that tweaks your interest, um, you should check out Gab's other podcast on the network, Camp Code, because they did some real specific work in that show about getting people ready for the summer and teaching people how to teach. So not just here's your role, but here's how you make your role into teaching others. Um, and so if you go to camphacker.tv slash camp code, you will find the podcast there. And uh, I believe it was episode five that was teaching others to teach. If it's not at six um, and uh, check out that episode, you can download all those shows for free. Camp code is focused solely on staff training. So there's some awesome stuff from Gab and Ruby and Beth on that show. So I hope you'll check that out as well. Well, thanks for a great discussion. I want to just take us into a, a little short ad, if you will, um, for a program called Think Camp. Think Camp is running at Pierce Williams on the 11th to the 13th of November 2014 and um, is looking to return to being an annual event. Um, Think Camp really is an unconference that focuses solely on the most productive moments of camp conferences, those awesome discussions of, um, oh, really, you do this, we do this, and, and share some of those awesome stuff. And by unconference, it means that everybody needs to come prepared to be a part of um, of the discussion. It's not passive in any way. And um, so if you go to that, we'll be looking for people to come from Canada and the United States to come to Pierce Williams for um, three or three days in November. Registration is limited to 50 people so that we hope that you'll get on that registration right away. It's at thinkcamp.ca and registration is now open. Um, Joe and Gab, I know you were both at the the first, the inaugural Think Camp a few years ago. I was sick and unable to make it, but um, Gab, what was your one highlight from Think Camp? Um, I I love the energy, of, and because everybody has something to contribute and comes with something to contribute, you really are learning a lot. And I felt I I feel out of almost all of the conference formats or unconference formats that I get the most out of this one. Absolutely. Information is is very high, right? And I love that the concept that everybody is expected. Participation means that you're expected to come and present. And and I'll let Joe talk about the different lengths of sessions in just a second. But um, I love that there are short little sessions you can just put out. I have this little beginning idea. This is something that I've been thinking about, and I'd like to put it out there and host a discussion. You don't have to say, here's my idea. It's complete. Here are all my slides. It's all ready to go. It's just an opportunity to say, have you ever thought about this and bring people together in a room to talk about that? Uh, Joe, what's your, your favorite moment from Think Camp that I ran before? My, my favorite moment is actually all of the moments since then. Because it is, it's one of those things when you go to a conference now, there's this group of 22 people who are at the initial Think Camp, which was held in the fall of 2007. Um, and all of those 22 people, if you talk to them, you know who they are. And they'll say, when is the next Think Camp happening? Like it's because literally they're like, that is the most I think I still think about all of those sessions is, is are some of the feedback on the thinkcamp.ca website. I actually put an email out to people to say, what is your you know, what is your, your testimonial in one sentence? And my favorite was from um, Vanessa Marcotte, who is at um, Summit Camp out in BC now. But she said one sentence, 
And then she goes on for like three paragraphs. <laughs> um, and so it was this, this feedback that, that think camp for me, it's, it's about this culture of people that, that can share and that literally we did the initial think camp was one day. Like we arrived, I think Friday afternoon and left Saturday afternoon. And in that time period, we saw 22, uh, 19 different presentations and your mind was just overflowing with information, but you could get in touch with all of these people. And, and that's, that's really the value is that there are still people I talk to, to this, to this day. So good on. So if you're looking for an intense two-day conference in which you help set the agenda, um, go to thinkcamp.ca and register there. Which then means it's natural for us to move on to our tool of the week. Of the week. Thank you to our my three co-hosts for bringing their tools. The tools are something that helps make them a better camp director. Um, Paul, we haven't had you in a long time. I, I look forward to hearing what your tool is today. So uh, my tool is Abuse Prevention Systems. Uh, Abuse Prevention Systems is a company uh, that's run by two lawyers that specialize in sexual abuse uh, litigation. They come in um, uh, after the fact uh, of, a, of, a terrible, uh, of a terrible situation in a camp, but they have this uh, sort of side business of training camps to, uh, or and training actually not just camps, all sorts of youth, uh, youth-focused organizations uh, to prevent sexual abuse within their organizations. They have a number of different products. They have policies and forms and, uh, and different kinds of types of trainings. They'll come to your property, I think, as well, if you want to have an in-person training. Uh, the, what we use is an online training that we require of all of our summer staff uh, and uh, it's required of them every other year. So they, if, um, if they come for multiple years, they have to take it every other year. Uh, and it's a couple of hours, and they, uh, we send out, we'll be sending them out the announcement to do it uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we do it this time of year. Uh, and I'm actually generally not a huge fan of, of online trainings, uh, pre-camp online trainings. They don't work super well for a lot of things in, uh, within Four Winds. But for this topic in particular... It's a great fit, uh, and and the reason is is uh, first of all, uh, the topic is obviously heavy. It's nothing that we are anyone's excited to talk about. Uh, but these guys are experts, and they lay it out uh, in a very detailed way, uh, and um, uh, and they don't pull punches, uh, and uh, and so they really put it out there. Um, in a way that I think a lot of a lot of camp directors would have a hard time doing in an in-person training uh, pre-camp. Um, that allows you to follow up on uh, on their training once you do have your staff on your property, uh, and that's a huge opportunity. Uh, but the the other benefit, which uh, is not something we actually advertise to our summer staff, mm. but I will to other camp directors, uh, there there is a reality that a poorly run summer camp is a wonderful target for a a sexual predator. Uh, you know, you have kids away from their parents. Uh, you might um, have, uh, you know, at a poorly run summer camp, you've got bad practices and poor supervision and, uh, and lots of opportunities for um, you know, one of these horrible folks to, 
to do a horrible thing at your camp. Uh, and by doing this training prior to camp, you're setting a tone if you do have that person who is signed up to work um, for, uh, for you this summer that might just scare them away, uh, that might send a message to that person, this isn't a poorly run summer camp. This is a summer camp that takes uh, sexual abuse seriously. This is a camp where I'm not going to be, um, where I'm likely to get caught or I'm likely to be uh, not allowed uh, to, uh, to do the, the horrible sexual abuse that, um, uh, that, that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's, a, a, for me, a, a huge side benefit is that I might, I might be scaring away the person um, from ever showing up on my property. Uh, and um, it, it's, it's no fun to think about, um, but the numbers, the numbers are really stark, and uh, all camps need to be aware of it. And I think that camps that are on the, on the leading edge of this kind of stuff, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I, I think I, we felt, I felt like we were on the leading edge of protecting kids because we did background checks. Right. Uh, and that, that's no longer the leading edge. Uh, uh, and, um, and so we've, we've looked out for other things that we can do. And, and this is, I think, a, a pretty good solution. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's always good to be able to help each other protect our kids. Uh, Joe, what's your tool? My tool of the week is the Buckeye Leadership Workshop, which is an organization um, that I sit on the planning committee of and have for over the past six years. Um, It's held every uh, spring, uh, sort of March and April in uh, just north of Columbus, Ohio at a camp called Recreation Unlimited. So it's a camping conference that's actually held at camp. And it is – we just returned from it. So um, I take – I take four staff members with me every year. Um, I've uh, started taking a, another camp director from Canada, Bill Stevens at uh, Camp Big Canoe, has come for the past couple of years. And uh, what it is is this it's a very unique conference um, that has um, that has a community feel like like nowhere that I've gone, and it only gets better every time you go back. Um, so we've had in the past uh, featured presenters like. Um, like Jim Kane, or um, this year we had a the, one of a nationally recognized storyteller of the states called Bill Lepp, who was hilarious and a funny guy, and just a fun guy to be around. Next year we've already confirmed that we're going. Sam Sykes is going to be our uh, Sam Sykes of Executive Marbles and um, and other leadership team and teamwork stuff uh, fame is going to be there for the entire week. It's a week long conference, sort of a, a Wednesday to a Sunday, and it, you're all in accommodation food and everything for like 300 and if you register late for 375 bucks so it's march 18th to the 22nd of 2015 which might conflict with uh with tri-state i'm not sure what the dates are for tri-state next year um but here's one of the best plugs even if it does conflict with tri-state so there's a a recreation professional who attended tri-state and has for the past six years and and she came out to buckeye this year and she spent the time and and we were saying what the date was for next year. And she says, I'm talking to her afterwards, and she says, oh, well, I, th- I think that might conflict with Tri-State. She goes, but I'm going to have to really make a choice. And I said, but that, that says something. If you've gone to Tri-State for six years and, and after one time here, you have to, now it becomes you're making a choice between the two versus Tri-State is always going to win, right? So it's just a, a very different, a different conference than you would uh, – than anything I've been to. And, uh, and I'll keep going back for as long as I can. Awesome. Great tool. Thank you. Gab, what's your tool? Um, 
My tool is the International Camping Congress that's being hosted in Turkey in October. Yeah, it's October between the 23rd and 27th. And like many international camp congresses, there's uh, pre-tours and post-tours. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I'm mentioning it is that uh, it, this, is, this is something that's very, very different from most conferences because it has a complete international feel. Um, but the other reason why I'm mentioning it is simply because it's on the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> it's gorgeous. And uh, they've done some really great stuff with their prices. So um, spouses can come for half price off. If you have kids underneath the age of uh, 12 years old, they're free. Um, the price for a ticket uh, to fly from either Canada or Quebec, I haven't checked other regions, but is approximately $1,000. Um, everything included, um, so food, alcohol, uh, so it's it's uh, they have a great program set up, but it's also one of those things if you can go or if you just thought, you know, I've never been to one and I'm interested or, you know, this is something that this might be a good place to start because the prices are great and it's going to be quite gorgeous. And, of course, lots of lots of networking opportunities. So our camps have my camp has really benefited, yeah. benefited from it. So that's one. Um, however, yes. last week, last time I got cut off accidentally. Um, from sharing my tool of the week. So I'm putting in a sneak one. Um, this is for people that live around their campus close to Toronto. Um, there's a great deal. Peter Katz is, uh, putting on, I think it's, um, 800 and I'll find exactly how much it is, 825 or 875, uh, deal for, for him to play at your camp. He's trying to fundraise for his new album and this is sort of like a Kickstarter, um, Kickstarter thing, and uh, Peter is the guy that wrote the the camp song, and he played at the Quebec Camping um, Congress in international one in two thousand and eight. But he does an amazing show. Um, it's a good deal, and if you're about three hours away from Toronto, um, it's it's a fairly decent price. So I think there's about seven left uh, of those tickets. So if that's interesting to you, should, I wish I lived closer to Toronto. <laughs> What's Peter's website? Um, it's, it's petercats.com. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. But, awesome. Uh, if you go there, he's on Facebook. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, that's some, we, we had Peter over at our camp a couple of times and it was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good chair. Thank you. Thank you. Um, mine, I checked just now to see if we'd picked this before and we haven't. Um, mine is Vistaprint. Um, many of you use Vistaprint or have seen ads for Vistaprint or have seen good deals on stuff from Vistaprint. And um, there are other companies that make other products that Vistaprint does that do them what I consider better. Um, but I love how incredibly fast Vistaprint is. It's it's cheap. Um, and they're starting to come up with some interesting products. So once you upload your logo for something, so we had a bunch of Camp Hacker thank you cards done and um, a bunch of other things. They suggested the other things you could get. Um, so for example, we got w- one um, Camp Hacker phone case um, and have a Camp Hacker shoulder bag and just all the stuff there. It's just interesting to think of Vistaprint not necessarily as your brochure printer or your business card printer but think of it for stuff like rewarding staff um, little stuff that would be inexpensive less than $20 to to have as some sort of surprise reward or thank you to to staff and um, they've got lots of 
lots of option, awesome options there. So I encourage you to check that out um, and check that out. So it'd be vistaprint.com, vistaprint.ca, or maybe there's likely a local Vistaprint address if you're listening from outside of North America. So please do check that out. Right on. Well, good tools, everybody. Great show. Uh, Gab, if people want to follow up with you, where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can. Well, you can email me at gabs, G-A-B-Z, at waro.com. Um, you can check out where I work at waro.com. Or you can follow me on the Twitter bird at Gabrielle Rail. And Rail's two L's at the end. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being on, Gab. Yeah, no problem. Paul, it was awesome to have you back. Thank you. Good to be back. It was awesome. How uh, how can people follow up with you or, or get in touch if they have any questions? Uh, they can find uh, all about Four Winds at fourwindscamp.org. Uh, and they can find all of my social networking stuff and contact me at paulsheridan.com. Amazing. It was awesome. And thanks. Joe, thanks for, for joining us again today. Not a problem. Um, you can find out more about me if you want to at yoyojoe.com, Y-O-Y-O-J-O-E.com and find out all about Pierce Williams at campisbetter.com. Life is good. Camp is better. Um, and on yoyojoe, you links to my Twitter, my Facebook, my Flickr, whatever, whatever, whatever. Nice. Thanks, Joe. Take care, everybody. It was great to have you watching. If you are watching on YouTube, we hope that you'll check out the free audio-only version of this show that you can take with you. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, if you're a listener and want to maybe watch some of the shows, we do things like hold up products and um, you can see into our offices if you watch the show there. Um, there's an awesome little moment. If you're a listener to the show and want to check out the YouTube video, there's an awesome little moment where Paul had a halo where the sun... It's very early where Paul is recording and the sun <laughs> creaked up behind him and gave him a great big halo behind his head. That makes it worth watching the show on YouTube for sure. So, um, <laughs> we, uh, we do appreciate people listening and watching and subscribing. That's amazing. If you learned anything from our host this week, we hope that you would go to kephacker.tv slash love and you put out a, a tweet thanking them for um, being a part of the show and sharing their wisdom with the camp community. And I think that's everything. Take care, everybody. Thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus. 